and take it, okay? All right, let's just pray and then we move on in. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you and we praise you, Father. We thank you for the word of the living God. We thank you for what you've already done so far, Lord God, in this classroom. We thank you that the Holy Spirit of God is already here right now. And so, Lord God, we'll, we'll approach our assignment with cautious, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And Father, I ask that you anoint our ears that we might hear with some intelligence in the name of Jesus, that we might obey the word of the living God and that we might become doers of those things that we hear, that we might be blessed in all our deeds. And we, the redeemed of the Lord, says, Amen and Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Chronicles uh, chapter 28. 1 Chronicles chapter 28 is where we're going to begin. 1 Chronicles chapter uh, 28. Okay. Okay. Are you done? 1 Chronicles 28. All right. I'm going to read it out. I'm going to read verse number 1. And uh, I'm going to read it out of the King James Version, and then I'm going to also read it out of the Amplified uh, Version so that we can get a better understanding. Okay, First uh, Chronicles 28, verse 1. And David assembled all of the princes of Israel, the princes of the tribe, and the captains of the company that ministered to the king by course, and the captains over the thousands, and captains over the hundreds, and the stewards over all the substance and possessions of the king and of his son with the officers, and with the mighty men, and with all the valiant men unto Jerusalem. Now notice up there in verse number one, it says that, and David assembled all the princes of Israel together. Now that's a very important uh, phrase there. And David assembled all the princes of Israel together. I want you to underline that phrase there. And uh, I want you to notice that word princes there. That word princes there is actually the word leaders, okay? And in, in fact, uh, the Amplified uh, verse one of First uh, Chronicles 28 says this, And David assembled at Jerusalem all the leaders of Israel and of the tribes and of the office of the division of the served kings and uh, uh, in courses. What I want you to see here is that David assembled all of the uh, of the leaders. Amen. So very important. Here we see here that David called uh, David called a, a leadership meeting. OK, David called a leadership meeting of all the members of uh, Israel. And at this meeting here. David is going to he's going to unfold. Uh, he's going to unfold his plan to build a house or to build a sanctuary for the ark of the of the covenant. Now, now notice what David did. Now, very important. Uh, who's the one that called all these leaders together? David. David is the one that called all of these uh, leaders to, uh, together. And uh, uh, what I do is this. I believe that, child of God, that uh, any time that you're about to uh, embark upon a new task, any time that you're about to do uh, uh, go into a new phase of the ministry, I think that we as pastors ought to call all of the, all of the leaders together so that we can uh, unfold the plan uh, to the leaders so that they can know firsthand uh, what is about to take place. And that is a purpose and a reason of why you gather all of the leaders together. Amen. So here we see here, this is what David uh, is doing. At this meeting, he's going to unfold his plan to build a house and to, and to build a, a, a sanctuary or uh, for the ark uh, of the covenant. And so he's going to remind them about some things about uh, getting this uh, job uh, done. Amen. So they're about to embark upon something new. Everybody say something new. Something new. 
You see, every time that the church is going to a new phase, into a, a new realm, I think that the, I think that we ought to call our leaders together. Why? Because those are the ones that uphold our hands. Those are the ones that uh, that are in helps ministry. Those are those that are in leadership positions. And so when we get them together and we begin to explain to them, so therefore we can all be on the same sheet of music. And so therefore, when anybody else begin to ask what's going on in the congregation, we all be saying the same thing. You see, that's why God wants us to say the same thing. All of us have the same mind. All of us saying the same thing. That way it calls unity about us when you know what's going to take place. Amen. When you know what's going to take place or in your house. Isn't that right? And so that is a good method. And I do that all the time when we're getting ready to uh, build our uh, build our new sanctuary. Uh, what I did was that I got all of our leaders together and I took it from right out of here. Uh, out of First Chronicles 28. I got all of our leaders together and uh, I met one Thursday night and me and my wife and I and we began to unfold the plan about uh, what we're going to do. And you know and they were wondering you know why why isn't everybody here? You know and then I began to show them out of First Chronicles 28 the, the leadership meeting that David had with all of his leaders and so we just took that pattern and we applied to our church and now every time that we go into a new phase of ministry or every time that we're about to embark upon a new task I will call a leadership meeting with all of my leaders and I begin to explain to them what's going to take place so therefore you know there, how many of you know there's a grapevine in the church you know, we call it, a, you know, it's a Holy Ghost grapevine in the church. And what I mean by that, you know, little stuff can get out. You know what I mean? So when, when, when the little grapevines, you know, they start to hopping on the grapevines, all of us will be saying the same thing. And it'll cause down a lot of confusion and questions and things like that. Amen. So here we see here. This is what this is what uh, David is doing. He's called a leadership meeting. OK, now. <clears throat> David, now, I want to look at verse number 10. Now, look at verse number 10. He says, Take heed now, for the Lord has chosen thee to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Do y'all see that? Notice what he said. He said, Take heed now, for the Lord has chosen thee to build a house for the sanctuary. I want you to underline that. For the Lord has chosen thee to build a house for the sanctuary. And he says to be strong and uh, do it. Now, right here in verse number 10, David is telling them two things that are important if they're going to get this job done. David says, now, if you're going to get this job done about me helping me uh, build this, uh, build this sanctuary for the Ark of the Covenant. He says two things are very important uh, for you to do if we're going to get this job done, okay? Now, notice what he says here now. And the first thing he told him, he says this. He says, take heed now, for the Lord has chosen thee to build this house for this sanctuary. The Lord has chosen thee. Notice what he said. He says that the Lord has chosen you, talking about leaders, because it's a leadership meeting. He got all the leaders together. You remember when we read that? And David assembled all the leaders together. So notice David is talking to leaders. And David says, now, listen, in order to get this job done, two things are important. Number one, you got to remember that God has chosen you to help me to get this job done. He's chosen you, leaders, to help me to get this job done. That's why it is important that when you go into a new phase, that you pull your leadership together so that you can all say the same thing, believe the same thing, 
thing. And so David got all of them together. He says, now God has chosen you. Not, listen to me, God handpicked you. God just didn't choose anybody. He chose you as leaders to help me to get this job done. And so that is very important. You always let them know that they are important to you. So David is saying this, in order for me to build this sanctuary for the Ark of the Covenant, I got to have the backing of my leaders. How many, how many of y'all understand that? We have to have the backing of our leaders. We can't get up and say one thing and then our leaders behind our back saying another thing. And so to stop all of that, so what we do is that we gather them all together and we begin to unfold the plan to them. And this is what David do. See, David is already making sure that his back is covered. David is already making sure that there be no confusion when it comes time to build. And so David says that in order to get this job done, I want you to know something. Two things that's got to happen. Number one, I want you to know that God has chosen you. You leaders, he handpicked you. He didn't just choose anybody. He chose the leadership to help him to get this job done. Anytime that we embark upon a new task, we ought to choose the leadership to help us get this job done. How many of y'all understand that? And that's very important to a pastor and it's very important to leadership that they understand that. So he told him, first of all, he says that God has chosen you. Amen. And so he says that we got to take heed how we build this sanctuary, build this house because God has chosen you. All right. Number two, David says this. He says, now look at verse 10. Take heed now for the Lord has chosen you leaders to build this house for the sanctuary. And then he says this, be strong and do it. Be strong and do it. The second thing David tells them that he says in order to get this job done, he says you're going to have to be strong leaders. Amen. Say this to me. Say we got to be strong leaders. That's right. And listen to me now. You cannot be strong leaders until you learn how to work together. That's why David called them together. You see, a lot of time, you know, a lot of time we make the mistake of trying to talk to individuals when we should be talking to the whole leadership. Because in order for us, in order for, uh, like David said, in order for us to get this job done, he said, you're going to have to be strong leaders and, and able to do it. Amen. You got to be strong leaders and you can never be a strong leader until we learn how to work together. The leadership got to learn how to work together and stop thinking, you know, uh, I, I, I'm bigger than they are or I'm better than they are. No, we're not thinking with one accord and one mind when you begin to think like that. Amen. All the leadership is important. You remember, you remember that? We found that out in helps. Everybody is important. Isn't that right? And so when you pull the leadership together, the leadership shouldn't be fighting against, you know, uh, uh, Who's the pastor's right-hand man? All of you is the pastor's right-hand man. How many of y'all understand that? See, and if they can get an understanding of that, then they won't be fighting uh, like they did uh, when the woman came to Jesus and said, Jesus, how about letting my son one sit on the right and one sit on the left? And Jesus, told, you know, just told her real, real nicely, like, you know, you know that, that ain't for me to decide that. You know what I mean? And so we don't want to be like that. What we want to know is this right here. We have gotten the leadership together so that we can all say the same thing, speak the same thing, believe the same thing, do the same thing. And so therefore, when we get like that, we can be strong leaders when we learn how to work together. Look at your neighbor and say, we got to learn how to work together. <laughs> say, if we're going to be strong, say, if we're going to be strong, we must learn to work together. That's right. That's right. You got to learn how to work together. If you're going to be strong, if you're going to be a strong leadership team, you're going to have to learn how to work together. Listen to this statement. You cannot be a strong leader if you do not understand leadership and what it's all about. 
See, you, you, you can't be strong until you understand what leadership is and what leadership is all about. And so therefore, this class that we're teaching now, these leadership classes, what we're doing in these next three weeks is designed to equip you. It's, de it's de uh, designed to instruct you and educate you on how to become a strong leader in the local church. Amen. And so today we're talking about understanding uh, leadership. Amen. Talking about understanding leadership. You have to understand leadership. You know, and we just take for granted all the time that just because people are in leadership position that they automatically understand leadership. We're going to have to teach people how to understand leadership, you know, because we have good people that are in leadership, but they just don't know how to work together. And we have to teach them how to work together. Amen. The, 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 uh, TV ministry got to know how to work with the audio ministry. The audio ministry got to learn how to work with the praise and worship leaders. You know, we got to learn how to work together as leaders so that the anointing of God can flow in the midst and the people be blessed. It's, isn't that right? One of the worst things you can have is when you have leadership that don't know how to work together. Number one, you got a weak team. You're going to have a weak church. Why? Because nobody knows how to work together. And if the leadership can't work together, what do you think about those that are in the people? They're going to have problems, isn't it? Because the leadership already have problems because they don't know how to, they don't know how to, to, to work together. They don't know how to work with the man of God. They don't know how to work with different elements or departments of the ministry. And so we have to teach them uh, how to do that. And so that's why David has assembled all of these leaders together so that they can get it. I like to say it like this, so that they can get it straight from the horse's mouth. And then nobody will have to walk around and say, you know, uh, did he say that? Or, or, you know, they're right there. They can hear Amen. They can hear what he's saying. And so they can get the information firsthand. Understand that? All right. And so today we're going to talk about understanding leadership. Now, let's begin by asking a question. Very important question. What is a leader? What is a leader? Now, that is a very important question because I found out uh, um, I taught this at my church. And that's why I have this little this little leadership 401. That is a class that we teach uh, at our church and it's called leadership uh, 401. And uh, I take my leaders through this through this manual every three months. You know, we go through it. They know it backwards and forward and, you know, and stuff like that, you know. And I don't try to do no whole lot of changing to make it sound like it's different. I just keep saying the same thing over and over and over again. Amen. You know what I mean? I don't try to get up and say, well, you know, we've been doing this now for nine years. I and mean, let's find something fresh. I ain't finding nothing fresh. I'm going to teach it just like this. And so we got this. We got this leadership 401. And so uh, uh, this this leadership 401 is because they need to understand what leadership is all about and about working together. See, sometimes, you know, we try to give them other revelation and they they don't have the one that we've been teaching. Amen. See, I'm like this until we all learn how to agree and get along with one another and work with one another. We hadn't done this yet. Y'all understand, understand what I'm saying? Until you learn how to be on your post, we ain't through with helps ministry yet. You see? Yeah, I don't need us going on and stuff like that. So I'm going to just keep coming back to the same thing. So this is a course that, that, that I teach every three months. I make all my leaders come. And then I tell them this right here. If you miss one class, I give you that one, but you got to make it up, but you can't miss no more than that. Because I need everybody here. How many of y'all understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. See, see, that's why I'm talking about we need to understand what leadership is all about Amen. and what a leader is. Amen. See, see, all of, the, all of you probably got a different definition 
of what a leader is to you. You know, but we want to know what a leader is to God. Amen. And once we find out what a leader is to God, then we do go the way God wants us to be. I mean, y'all understand that. See, that's all I'm looking for, just God. I'm not looking for nobody else's ideas, opinion, what somebody else said in their book or anything. The only book I'm interested in is the Bible. Amen. I want to know what God says. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Once we find out what God says a leader is, then you and I will change how we ought to be a leader. Amen. Can y'all flow with that? Amen. Amen. And that's why, that's why David has gathered all of these leaders together. And it is good that we gather all the leadership together and just talk to them, man. You know, just talk to them and talk to them and talk to them and talk to them until they actually have our vision, not just in their hearts, but on their lips. See, that's very important. See, I want our leadership in our church. I, I don't want them to just have the vision in their hearts. I want them to have it on their lips. I want them to be able to talk about it at nighttime when they go to bed, when they wake up in the evening time, talk to their children about what's going to happen in the future as they continue to be a member of the local fellowship. That's what I want about them. And when we're all talking like that and saying the same thing, when a bunch of us together like that, we can believe God for anything. Isn't that right? And then you'll realize the church is exciting. And you'll realize I ain't going nowhere because I don't know what my man of God saying today. Something's stirring up in him. And I ain't going to miss what's stirring up in him all out of place. Amen. See, but when we're not talking about it and we got it on our lips and don't understand what it's all about. Oh, it's easy for us to miss church. You know, I've been preaching the gospel, you know, going on 20 years. And let me tell you, every Sunday I'm excited about what I'm going to say. I'm excited about what I'm going to preach on, on, on midweek, sir. I mean, I get so excited, man. You, I mean, it's like a, a, a boy with a toy. You, you understand what I'm saying? I'm just happy about it, you know, and I love doing what I'm doing, you know. And so I know the reason why David assembled all of these leaders together, you know, so that they can get on one accord with one another. And when you get on one accord with one another, I'm telling you, people, I'm telling you, honest to God, as God is my witness, you will get the best benefit out of it. The church will get blessed, but you will get blessed the, the more because God sees your heart. How, how many of y'all understand that? See, and, that, and that's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all That's when you know we have in church. We have in church when everybody's saying the same thing. Or if not, we just having a meeting and half of you saying one thing and the other half believing another thing. And, you know, well, ain't too much can do with that. God can't even do too much with that. What do you mean? Because he already done told you a house divided against itself can't stand. So we got a divided house. We meet every Sunday, every midweek and got a divided house. And he says sooner or later that house can soon crash because, I mean, you know, we got to all get on one accord, man. You know? And so, and, so, and so here David got all these leaders together, you know. Some leaders I want to go out and disperse. And, and I tell some of my leaders, go out and tell those in the pew what's happening before I tell it. Go out and tell it. And then you come back and let me know what kind of response you got. See, you know, Jesus did that, you know. He told him, you know, he, he says, you go to places I ain't been. Then he come back, then he asked him a question. Who do men say I am? Isn't that right? And then he turned around and asked, well, who do you say I am then? Do you know who I am? You seen me raise the dead. You seen me uh, heal the blind. You seen me feed, feed the thousands. He says, now you tell me, who, who, who am I? Amen. 
Yeah, you walk with me. You, you claim you my right hand boys. Now tell me who am I? You know, and you know they're going to look confused if it won't be for Peter. They'd have been in bad shape. <laughs> Come on now. The Bible said Peter asked up. He was talking to all of them. And, you know, and they and they pause like, you know, we really don't, uh, you know, like they got to think about it. Seem like to me, if you seen a man raise the dead, if you seen a man cause the deaf and dumb to speak in the hear, it seemed like to me if he fed the uh, uh, the ten thousand uh, with just uh, two loaves and fish and all that stuff, seemed like to me you ought to know who the man is. Isn't that right? Seemed like to me it shouldn't be no hesitation. Is that not right? But they hesitated. But bold Peter jumped up and said, I know who you are. Who am I? You the son of the living God. That's who you are. And Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, you may have a big mouth, but flesh and blood have not revealed this thing unto you, but my Father, which is in heaven, have revealed it unto you. And he says, and upon that revelation, Peter, I shall build my church, and the gates of hell shall not stand, prevail against it. I'm telling you, when you and I get as leaders, and we know how to stick together, the the gates of hell can't shake our church. The gates of hell can't move us. Glory to God. Somebody shout about it. My, 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 my. Oh, I feel him already this morning. Isn't that right? See, I want to go to a church where the gates of hell can't shake them against us. Don't you want to belong to a place like that? Amen. Glory to God. I want to be part of a church like that. You know what I mean? After the roaring is all over. After he get through huffing and puffing and he look, there we are, standing tall. Glory to God. Isn't that right? That's why right. time to shoot your best shot because you about to make my day. Isn't that right? I said, isn't that right? Glory to God. I get excited about teaching this stuff, man. You know? See? And that's how we got to get our leaders to be just like that. I'm glad I'm a leader in my church. I'm glad God has set me in my church. Isn't that right? I want no leaders, you know. Well, you know, my church so-so. Well, I know you ain't bringing a soul with him. Because if it's so-so, you ain't telling nobody about a so-so. Is that not right? You found a good restaurant. Man, I went down there, boy, and they make some of the good beans you ever ate in your life. Boy, you ought to go check them boys out. Isn't that right when you find a good restaurant? Well, I got a good restaurant in my church. Boy, you ain't been to church till you've been to our church. Do you know that God moves in our church? Boy, he speaks through divers' tongues in our church. I mean, man, we see miracles, signs, and wonders. We never know what's going to happen in our church. See? That's why sometimes you need to change up sometimes. Just let God... Come on now. We're talking about what a leader is. Everybody say what a leader is. What a leader. Very important. Very important. You know my little thing. Very important about what a leader is. Amen. Now, turn with me in 1 Samuel chapter 13. Are you there in 1 Samuel 13? All right, in 1 Samuel 13, we're going to show you what a leader is. All right, now notice what it says here. 1 Samuel 13, look at verse 14. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain, circle that word captain, over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. All right, now notice the phrase in verse 14. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be a captain. That word captain can be translated as leader. And God hath commanded him to be leaders over his people. Notice now, 
Notice now, notice now that God was looking for a man after his own heart to lead his people. Isn't that right? So therefore, I submit to you, a leader is one who leads after God's own heart. See, that's what a leader is. It's one who leads after God's own heart. See? One who leads after God's own heart. And the church is in need of leaders like that. We, we, we need leaders. We need people in leadership positions like that. One, one that lead after God our own heart. And you see, child of God, when you lead after God's own heart, you can always be where you're supposed to be. When you lead after God's own heart, you're going to always do what's right. Amen. When you lead, listen to me, when you lead as one after God's own heart, that means you're going to be an example and you're going to lead by the word of God. Amen. See? And that's why I say that a lot of us, we need to change our definition of what a leader is. And we need to just say, a leader is one that does what? How does he lead? He lead after God's own heart. And when you do that, you're going to lead by an example because that's what Jesus was. And you're going to lead by the word of God because that's what Jesus was. He was an example and he was the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and nothing was made without God. Is that not right? So here we see here that when we be a leader after God's own heart, man, we're going to be an example to all those that are, uh, that are before us and we're going to always lead by the word of God. We're going to always be on our post. We're going to always be where we need to be and it's going to make church for us. Amen. You're going to be a blessing or fresh air to your man to God. Amen. All right. So don't forget what a leader is. Now, what is a leader? That's right. All right. Now. All right. When you when you become a leader and you leave out the, God's own heart, I said that you will lead by an example and by the word. Right. All right. Now, let me make this statement. Very important. For us to be able to lead properly and effectively, we must learn to listen with intelligence to our instructions. Now, that's important. For us to be able to lead properly and effectively. See, the question might be, uh, how do we lead properly and effectively? And then you would say, what? We must learn to listen with intelligence to our instructions. If you missed that one, I'm going to get you. All right. So we must learn to, to, to listen with intelligence and to instruction. That's the only way that you can be able to lead properly and effectively is that you got to learn how to listen, uh, listen with uh, intelligence uh, to your man of God instructions that he gives to you. That's why I pray this prayer uh, every time I pray God anoint our ears so that we can hear with some intelligence. You see, because if you don't hear with some intelligence, you won't be able to follow the instructions. Amen. And sometimes we we have listened to stuff. You know, before we can get it all out, you thinking you know what we can say. You say we got it, then we go back and check. And you ain't you you didn't do what we said. You understand that? That's why sometimes you know my leaders will come to me and I say something and they're thinking that they can read me and then they walk right off and I tell my wife, let them go, let them go, let them go. Let's just see what it's, let's just see if they if they gonna get it right. You know, then they go and they think they got it right, you know, and they come back. I say, bless your little darling heart, but that ain't what I meant. Yeah, that, that ain't what I meant. You got to learn how to listen with intelligence, you know. And see, and I got this thing with our leaders. I, I tell them this now, that you never come to me without notebook, bad, and pencil in your hand. 
Because no sooner than I tell it to you and you turn away and walk away, somebody else will say something to you and you're going to forget what I said. So everybody that comes to, especially our staff, <laughs> uh, every time my staff come, if I, if I call them and tell them, meet me in my office and stuff like that, you know, the first thing they got to do, I said, what's taking you so long? I forgot my notebook, pad, and pen. <laughs> you know, because I'm telling you, how are you going to listen to what I'm saying and you ain't got nothing to write with and you're you going to forget all this stuff I'm going to be telling you in there, you know? So go ahead on, write, write it down. I'm going to give you time to write it down so that when you leave, you got everything right. All right, so how do we lead? How do we lead properly and effectively? How? We must learn to do what? All right, go to Exodus 18 real quickly, and I'll show you that. Exodus 18. <clears throat> Exodus 18. Are you there? I'll read a little scripture here real quickly. Exodus 18. Now, remember, we said for us to be able to lead properly and effectively, we must learn to listen with intelligence to our instructions. Right. All right. Now, listen, Exodus 18, beginning at verse 13, we can read verse 19. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said to, to judge the people and the people stood by Moses from the morning until the evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, what is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou self alone and all of the people stand by thee from morning unto evening? And Moses said unto his father-in-law, because the people come unto me to inquire of God. When they have a matter, when they have a matter, they come into me and I judge between one and another and I do make them know the, the, the statutes of God and his laws and Moses father-in-law said unto him the thing that thou doest is not good thou thou will surely uh, wear away both thou and this people that uh, that that is with thee for this thing is too heavy for you thou art not able to perform it thyself alone hearken now unto my voice and I give the counsel and God shall be with thee be thou for the people to God that thou mayest bring the cause uh, unto Unto God. Now notice now, no, notice verse 19. Notice verse 19. Hearken now unto my voice and I'll give thee counsel. I underline that. Hearken now unto my voice and I'll give thee counsel. Okay. Now, you know what that word hearken means? Yeah, it means, yeah, it, that's what I used to think too. It, it does mean listen, but it means to listen with intelligence. See, it's a difference in just listen and listen with intelligence. Okay? Yeah, it means to listen, but it also means how am I supposed to listen? We're supposed to listen with intelligence. Because if we don't listen with intelligence, how can we carry out the, the instructions that we heard? So it's more to it than just listening. It's a lot of people that heard pastor, but they didn't go out and do what pastors say do. Why? They heard, they listened, but they didn't listen with intelligence. A good example. They, they listened when pastor said that God did not command you to marry an unbeliever. They heard pastor, but they went out and they married an unbeliever in a way and said it's going to work itself out. See, they didn't listen with no intelligence. They heard. How many of y'all understand that? See, that's why when it says, and hearken unto me and I give you counsel, he says, now, now Moses, L listen unto me with some intelligence because I'm about to give you some counsel of God. Amen. How, how many of y'all see that? Amen. 
All right, so here that word hearkens there means it, it, it means to, to listen with intelligence. So here we see here Moses' uh, uh, father-in-law was telling him, listen to me with some intelligence uh, under my voice and, and I'm going to give you some, some wisdom, some counsel. Okay, now Moses was making the same mistake a whole lot of pastors make. They're doing all this counseling and they ain't getting nothing done. They have more counseling sessions than they do spending time in the word of God and prayer. I taught our congregation, I ain't going to leave the word of God and pray and come down off no mountain to talk to you about something I already done taught. You want to marry an unsaved guy, then that's you. Then I just tell you this, the end result's going to be that you're going to have a, a whole lot of sleepless nights and a lot of hurts and you're going to be whooped with ministry. So if you want to, go right ahead on. You know God ain't tell you to marry no unbeliever. Amen. But if you want to, you go ahead on. But I ain't going to leave the word of God and come down and tell you something you already know. And they're going to tell me, but pastor, the Lord spoke to me. You stop lying. The Lord ain't spoke to you and told you to marry no unbeliever. You a lie. <laughs> Isn't that right? You can pull me down from off the word of God, praying to tell me some lies that you know that ain't even true. God ain't never put no believing unbeliever uh, together. Is that not right? Because he already told you, you unequally yoked. And God ain't going to take no Holy Ghost filled son or daughter and give them to a devil. It don't even make sense. You know, but Pastor, I know what the Lord told me. I did too, and I know you lying on the Lord. So you want me to come down in my atmosphere of spending time in the Word of God and with God, you know, for me to come down and hear all this stuff that you know yourself ain't true. And you trying to trick me. And I can't be tricked. We don't heard just about every story there is to her. You know, if it's, some, if it's some news, let me know about them. I mean, you know, I just about done heard everything you, you can hear up under the sun. You know, and so they don't listen with intelligence. So here we see Moses, he was making the same mistake that so many pastors make, busy counseling people, and he won't get much done. And Moses' father-in-law said, you know, you know what Jeff wrote told him? He said, this ain't good. Look at verse 17. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, said unto who? Moses, the thing that you do is what? This ain't good. You, you, you spending all your time counseling these people all the time. He said, man, this thing you do, this ain't good. You're going to work yourself out and the people out. This thing isn't good. Everybody say, this thing isn't good. Now, the only way that Moses' father-in-law could say this was because he listened to Moses. See, he listened to Moses when Moses told him the reason why he was doing all these things. He listened to Moses with some, with, with some intelligence. And he told Moses, this thing you're doing, this thing ain't good. And I'm telling you, when we first started out, I did the same thing. Why? Because I was trying to please everybody in my church. Every little problem they had, boy, I just let them come on, you know. We, we have counseling sessions, man, and, and, and them things didn't have no time limit on them. <laughs> I mean, I could be with one person three hours. You know, my wife be sitting in there with the white mouth talking about she hungry. And I'm still saying, you know, I'm saying, but baby, we got, we got, we, we got, we got, we got to talk to these people, you know, that they need us. You know, and she told me, no, something ain't right with this picture. I see, I hadn't read this. I hadn't known about this yet, you know. And I said, no, we, 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 we got to have some time, boy, we don't even have lunch. I mean, they were lining up one behind one another, you know, and, you know, and there was some, some, some stuff that I said to myself, now this don't make no sense. You know, after a while, you know, I started wearing myself out. I said, something got to be done with this. We, we need somebody just to talk to the people all by themselves. You know, I wish I could have found this verse earlier here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
But Jethro, notice now, but Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, he told him, say, 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 this thing that you do is it's not good. See, it's not good we spend all our time just talking to people about stuff that they already know. You know what I mean? And so now our thing is this right here. When you have a counseling session with me, you have to, you have to tell our second, uh, uh, my secretary what's the nature of their call. And then we find out, and then I get back with them. You know, if they come and talk about they, they got marriage problems, you know, uh, you know, she got some questions and stuff that they, they ask them. Did you get the last marriage enrichment uh, session pastor talk? Nope. Well, then before you go and have a, a session with him, you better go listen to that because he won't have one with you now unless you do that. You know, don't come and waste my time for something we already told. Now, if you got a problem, you know, and we ain't never, go, come on to me. Then we can sit down, you know, we can, we can talk about this thing. But don't waste my time about stuff that you, you already know. And don't, 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 don't come to me for a counseling session and your mind already made up. Your mind already made up. I'm going to marry this guy. I don't care what pastor say. Why come to me? You know, why, why come to me? Your mind already made up. You know, a pastor can't make you. And if your mind already made up, go on, baby, and marry that unsaved guy. But when, he, when you wake up uh, in the middle of the night and his head start turning around and green stuff start coming out, don't call me and want a counseling session. You know what I mean? Don't call me. You, you tell, this is the one that the Lord gave me. This is the one that the Lord gave me. You know what I mean? And so you tell him, you say, just turn your head right on back around. Come on back to your natural color. You know, because you're the one that the Lord gave me. You know what I mean? So that's how we settle stuff like that. You know, because I guarantee you, he's going he gonna to turn another color on you. I, I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, not too many days from now, you're going to see the real him come out. Amen. You know, so don't set no, and you know, you didn't have no counseling session with me before. So don't, don't come having one there because he's turning colors because I ain't going to talk to him. <laughs> just screw his head on back on and just, just tell him just, hey, 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 baby, hey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, 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 okay. So, so uh, look at verse 24. Let me read verse 24. Verse 24 says, so Moses, listen at this now. Moses' father-in-law told him this thing that you do is not good. And the only reason why he can be able to tell Moses that is because he listened to his some intelligence, what Moses was telling. Then in verse 24, it says this. So Moses hearkened. See, see, listen at that word, hearken. So Moses listened with some intelligence to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Did, did y'all see that? All right, so what did Moses' father-in-law tell him to do? He told him down there in verse number 25. He said, choose you out some able men. And set them over the people, rulers of a thousand, rulers over a hundred, rulers over fifties, and rulers over, over ten. Isn't that right? And he says that, he says that Moses, uh, when you do this, he says you'll be able to solve the problems and then you'll be able to, uh, to, to, to win the people and the people will be happy and, and you'll be happy and the people won't be wore out and, and Moses won't be wore out. You see what I'm saying? So, so let me go back here and say this. In order for us to lead properly and effectively, we must learn to listen with intelligence to our instructions. Always listen with some intelligence when your man of God is giving you instructions and things like that. That's the only way that you can lead properly. So when somebody asks you, you know exactly what you're talking about. You can say the same thing what the pastor said. 
you know, and then it won't be no in-between. How many of y'all understand that? Amen. Amen. All right. Now, all right. Now, once you have listened with intelligence to your instructions, then you must carry out, carry them out quickly and effectively. You know, once we once you have received the instructions, then you your thing is to carry them out quickly immediately carry them out. Notice it says in verse 24, so Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law. His father-in-law told him what he needed to do and immediately Moses turned around and began to what? Carry out what his father-in-law said. Okay? Now, very important. Three simple keys to help you carry out your instructions quickly and effectively. Very important. Three simple keys to help you carry your instructions quickly and effectively. Key number one, first, write everything down. Just write every, just write everything down. You say, well, that's just you. No, listen to me. God had everything written down for us so, could we, so that we could not forget anything. So we must not do any less. God had everything written down for us. God got everything written down in this book right here for us. God wrote down everything for us. Is that not right? So that's what we ought to do. Amen. That's what we ought to do. Okay, write down your instructions for your leader, just like a waiter writes down an order for food. You know, how you, you've been in restaurants and you see how them waiters, they ask you what you want. I, I wonder how come they don't try to remember it in their mind. Because they know as soon as they get your order, they somewhere else, they go on to another table, get somebody else. Or is that not right? So what they do, they write them down so that they won't get them so, so that they won't forget what you order. See? That's the purpose of writing them down so that you won't forget them. Amen. Till you ensure that you listen to me. When you write them down, this will ensure that your leader will get exactly what he ordered. Write them down. That's why I always tell the people, you know, before you come into my office, always come in there with your notebook pad and, and your pencil and stuff. Amen. So that when we give you the instructions, you can carry them things out and then you want to come back. Now, what do what the pastor really mean? I always mean what I say. And I say what I mean. I, I don't like for people to guess me. I want you to know what I'm saying because that's the only way you can help me. And I don't want to say the same thing over 50 times. Well, I tell you now, one reason why I don't want to say it 50 times is because after about an hour or two, I don't have no real strong voice, no way. And so after about an hour or two, I, you know, I'm through talking. I just start doing signs. Just go, go, go do what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? And so, so I don't like to say stuff over a whole bunch of times. You, you, you know what I mean? Amen. And so, uh, and I got a church that love me. My church, they love me, man. I mean, they, honestly, they, they love me. I mean, because they, they, they have, they studied me, they learned me. I studied them, they, they, you know. And so we just have a good time. They know what I expect out of them, and I know what they expect out of me. I expect certain things out of them, and I have them to, I always tell them, expect certain things out of me. Expect that every time you come, I got a word, and that I've studied them, i prepared myself. You ought to expect that out of me, that when you come to the house of God. Expect that from your man of God, you know. And so it's certain little things that, that hit the, for us to help one another. You know, I tell them, listen, when you come to me, just come with your little pad and stuff and just write it down. And then I can, you can always refer back to it. You might get home and be, be thinking about it. Say, now let me go back. And this is, what, this, this is what I'm supposed to be doing right here. Okay. All right. I got it right here. So even if I miss it, I come back and say, didn't I tell you? That, no, 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 no. This is what you said, Pastor. Well, how do you know I said it? Because I wrote it down. You know, sometimes we forget too. 
you know. And sometimes, you know, I don't gave out so many instructions, you know, I don't forgot what I done told you. Remind me of what, what did I tell you? It was something I saw you for and I can't remember. Tell me what it was. And they, I said, get your little notebook pad out and tell me what I said. Then they pull that little thing out and you say, oh yeah, you were fussing at me about such and such. <laughs> you know, but they know my heart. How many of y'all, how many of y'all understand? I mean, y'all, I mean, y'all understand what, what I'm talking about. And that's good. So, so, so you got to write things down. Everybody say, write it down. That's right. So that's the first key to carry out your instructions quickly and effectively. You got to write things down. Number two, <clears throat> the second key to help you carry out your instructions and to quickly uh, be effective in them is number two, ask your leader to explain anything you don't understand. Okay. How can you carry out your instruction if you don't understand? Them? You can't, you know, and so ask them. You know, I tell my leaders all the time, ask, ask, man, just ask. You know, we ain't trying to be God's ask. You know, I won't have a leader just tell me that they fear me. I tell them, you can't be no, you know, I want you working for me. I want you being no leader for me. I'm no man you should fear. I'm a man you should respect, but you should never fear me. I'm your man to God. Ask, open your mouth and ask, man. Just talk to me. Ask me. Just ask me. Don't walk around talking about, you know, I, you know, I, 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 why didn't you ask me? I'm no man for you to fear. I'm your man to God. I love you. Ask me, ask, ask me anything. I tell my leaders to ask me anything. I'll be sitting out there talking about, you know, well, I, you know, I'm, I ain't gonna ask him. Why not? I'm your man to God, you know. So ask me, you know. And then one of our leaders, you know, raised his hand, and say, Pastor, how much you make? I say, none of your business. <laughs> anything else? <laughs> hey, ain't none of your business. Isn't that right? But at least he asked. All the rest of them were sitting in there, they probably trying to wonder out how much pastor made. And I just told them, none of your business. I don't know how much you make, do <laughs> No, nah, Pastor. Come on up here and tell the folk what you bought home this week. <laughs> nah, nah. Why you won't tell them? Because it ain't none of their business. Why ain't none of your business what I make? <laughs> Doesn't that make sense? I said, but at least he asked. All the rest of them was wondering, they found out he ain't finna tell you what he make because it ain't none of y'all business. <laughs> Come on, you, you know what I mean? So I just tell them, I tell you what you need to know and the stuff that you ain't when you're meddling, I just tell you it ain't none of your business. That's all. It ain't just ain't none of your business. I guarantee you if I went to him and asked you how much you make, <laughs> I like you and all, but <laughs> what I make is between me and, and, and my family's business. Is that not right? Yeah, you know, so hey, you don't need to get all bent out of shape. It just ain't none of your business. You know? Like, like, like my congregation, we had a question asked one time. Say, how do you get to be a wealthy man, pastor? Well, I told him I got to be a wealthy man, you know, and stuff like that, you know. Because I told him, I said, at a certain age, before I get a certain age, I'd be a millionaire. I said, I'm looking for Any day now, they're not to tell me I'm one. You know? So I tell them, you know, that, that I'm going to be a millionaire and don't, don't, don't be all shy because your pastor going to be a millionaire. I'm going to teach some of y'all uh, how to be one in here, you know. So, you know, you know, and I tell them about, you know, I, I got to be a millionaire because I bought a whole lot of folk homes. Helped buy them homes. See, I grew up in a poor family and I looked at my family and I said, now I'm going to be different. You know, I told my family, y'all, yeah, I'm going to be like a Joseph to y'all. Y'all can come to me for your needs. <laughs> And they ain't like it. And guess what? I'm the baby. Just like Joseph was the youngest. I'm the baby. And I told him, I said, because I had this dream. 
<laughs> hey, I told him I had this dream that I was supposed to be different from the rest of y'all. Out of all the people in my family, I'm the only one got a college education. I'm the baby. I'm supposed to be different. Amen. See? So, you know, but it didn't look like it, you know, when I was growing up. It didn't look like I was going to be no different, you know. Hoodlum, you know. Selling drugs, you know. Sticking up folk, you know. Robbing folk. Had no destiny. You know. Going to the wrong church. You know. Yeah, going to the wrong church, you know. And then, and then I told him about this dream. And, and then my mama told him, stop, stop that, stop that. That's what my mama said. She remember my church. Stop that. Stop telling people that. You could be a millionaire. Boy, you stop that. I said, Mama, I am. She said, I don't want to hear you tell nobody else that. I said, mm-mm. I said, I'm different, Mama. I said, I told you about my dream. Boy, if you say that again, I, I, I done told you. <laughs> I'm telling my mama tell you right now. She tried to make me stop that. She said, you stop that, boy. You around here selling drugs, and you may not even live tomorrow. I, I said, Mom, I'm different. Amen. I said, I'm different. Yeah. That's one reason why my, my wife married me. I told her, I said, I'm going to be a millionaire, girl. <laughs> she said, huh? <laughs> I said, I'm going to be rich one day. And she looked at me and greed. <laughs> She said, and the half of the folk around here scared of you in your own neighborhood. I know I ain't going to have nothing to do with you. You know, she come from a little credible family and everything, you know. When I come up there to see her, you know, they say, like, now Cheryl, and you can go with anybody. Stay away from him. <laughs> and I told her in the park one day. I said, listen, I ain't going to always be like this. I told her, I said, I'm going to get saved. She said, huh? I said, I, said, it's, I, I just know it. One day I'm going to be a Christian. I said, I'm going to be rich. You know, and I told her about it, you know. I said, now trust me. You know, she was, she was about halfway scared. I, I would too, you know. I would have been about scared to marry me too because, you know, I ain't mean nothing, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but now she'll tell you, she, she, she'll tell you now, you know. She'll tell you now that, you know. I, I, other than Jesus, and it's the best thing ever came in my life. Hallelujah. You know? All her little wants and stuff, she don't even know what a want is. That's the honest to God truth. And, and she just cries sometimes. She just tells me, why you, why you love me the way you are? I say, because the love of God is in me now. I got some dope pushers in my church that I used to run with. They in my church. You know why they came to my church? They say, if God trained that Negro, he got to be saved. <laughs> That's the honest to God truth. They looked at me and they said, that boy, Andy, God has got to have done something in that boy's life. You know? They come right there. They used to come, this is the honest to God truth, Pastor. We used to have green time at our church. And, and the dope pushers, we used to greet them. They had the peace in the back of the church. I said, boy, you can't come in here with that stuff like that. You can't come in my church packing. <laughs> Take that thing out of here, man. I say, ain't nobody finna come in here and start nothing. Well, well, well Pastor, you know, I'm working on it. And I'm working on it. You know? I mean, that's the truth. I got a bunch of dope pushers in my church. I got murderers in my church. 
You know, I got one guy in my church that they had a big write up about and said that he'll never see freedom another day in his life. You know what? That boy out of prison and serving God and in my church. Sometimes we let them tell their testimonies, you know. And man, I, I'm telling you, and, and I know, and they, and they tell you about, I remember when me and pastors used to run together. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and God just do something. Boy, I, I praise the Lord. Amen. Where, where am I? We're talking about actually leaders explain anything to you. Is that not right? Carry out your understanding. Let's go to number three and then I'm going to be through. Key number three to help you carry out your instructions quickly and, and efficiently is this. Treat your instructions as high priority. Anytime, you're, anytime you receive instruction from your man of God, your woman of God, treat it as high priority. Man. You know, when asked to do something, do it immediately. If it can't be done immediately, then let your leader know why it can't be done. But, but treat it as high priority, you know, high priority. You know, you know, uh, I got I got a line of people waiting to be 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 hired in my church. The lowest income in my church, the lowest income yearly uh, in my church is forty thousand dollars a year, and that's a janitor. I raise my right hand to God. That's the lowest income in my church. That's 40000 a year. A handyman. There are times I pay people out of, my own, out of my own pocket. I just bless them out of my own pocket. And I'm telling you, how I got like that, part of the way, is what you doing now. Learning how to serve a man to God the correct way. Brought me into my destiny. The things that I knew that was in my heart brought it, brought it uh, to full place in my life. Well, not quite full because I ain't yet a millionaire yet. But, 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 but I'm telling you the honest to God truth. Any day now. That's what I say all the time. And when I say any day now, I ain't talking about 20 years from today. Just any day now. You know, I pay more money on income taxes than more people get yearly salaries. And I ain't bragging. I'm just talking about how I got started, just like what y'all do. God will see that heart of yours. You can ask God for anything and he'll do it. You treat your man to God the way that you're supposed to operate in leadership, the way you're supposed to, as God is my witness. That's why I told you, you'll get the better end of it. Honestly, God, you'll get the better end of it. They used to tell me, I tell them, I don't care nothing about what they say, babe. I don't care nothing about what they say. They don't know God. Amen. I ain't trying to get no brownie points. I'm just trying to serve the man to God the way that the Bible says. Amen. And God will see to it. You know, if God can allow the anointing of God to flow down from the man and come into my life, I think everything else he got can flow into my life. Amen. If God can cause the anointing and he got money, in his life, I think God can put some in mine. That's just the way I believe. Amen. See? And so things just, are, things just start happening to you, man, when you start understanding leadership and working leadership. I'm telling you. And that's what I tell people in our, that's what I tell people in our church. You know? 
And so now, just about, listen to me, 99.99% of my church, everybody in their own homes, when they come there, honest to God, they were living in, uh, what you call them, Section 8 homes, houses, and all that stuff. I told them, get off that stuff. I made people in my church get off in welfare. I told them, I said, get off in welfare. Huh? I said, get off in welfare. Let your fare be well when you deal with God. Amen. I said, God can do better than government cheese and a little check every month. Amen. And folk went in and turned their welfare check in. I remember when the first lady said that, honestly, God, my knees were knocking. I said, Cheryl, they believe everything we say. We better be teaching the Bible. <laughs> I said, that woman got six children. Went and turned in her welfare check. Done went now and got her education, got her a job, and God blessing her. She said, I don't need welfare no more. I'm doing fairly well serving God. Amen. Amen. Telling you, God will do it for you. These Saturday mornings, you sitting here, you know, everybody else are doing their thing. God looking down from heaven, looking at you. Saying that's who I'm looking for. Didn't the Bible say that? The eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Who are you looking for? Point to yourself, say he's looking, he's looking for me. That's right, he's looking for me. Amen. Looking for me. He's looking for you. He's looking for Now what do you think he's looking for you for? To bless you. Amen. To bless you. I'm telling you, this stuff works. Amen. I come from a poor family. I ain't poor no more. No, I ain't come from a poor family. I came from a poor, 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 poor family. I ain't poor no more though. You know, my family ain't poor no more either. Cause Big Daddy done helped them. Now my mama, now my mama, my mama, my mama, eight eight years old, and she said, "Tell me about your dreams, son." Tell them about your dream. One time she would tell me, one time she would tell me, boy, don't you tell them about it. And I said, son, you tell them about your dream? I said, no, mom, I ain't told them about my dream yet. Tell them about your dream. Tell them about my dream. Glory to God. Y'all got everything you're supposed to get for the test next week, right? You got everything? All right. Okay, I gave you three little things there now. You know, I told you to remember, right? What is a leader? You got to know what that is, right? right? For us to lead properly and effectively, we must learn to listen what? Okay. And then another one we gave you that. Three simple keys to carry out your instruction quickly and effectively. Is that not right? So y'all got all that stuff. There, all, you know. So take heed to that. Look forward to seeing you the next time we come together. Amen. God bless you. And I want you to know I love you with all my heart. Amen. Amen. Take me out here.